0: Well, good morning. glad you guys have joined us today. As you've heard, this is our two-year celebration. And anniversaries are kind of funny because, you know, when you're dating, sometimes you, like, count, you know, your first date or your first kiss or your first... or when you get married, I guess, is probably the best one to go off of. So we have a few different starting dates. The reason that we're celebrating two years right now is because uh, this is the month when... uh, the members of our launch team moved to Santa Clarita to get started. We didn't actually start our public services two years ago this month. is when we got here. And so because of that timeline, we've got some special things planned for today. I'm actually really excited about the service. And so I'm looking forward to that. Could I maybe cut the monitors out of here if that's all right? Thanks, guys. And then um, if you've never been here before, my name is Bruce Wood. I'm the lead pastor. And I'd love to get the chance to meet you after church if we can um, there's a little info table on your way out. Uh, but we're celebrating, and um, there's some exciting things going on. A few years ago, my family and I took a uh, vacation to Washington, and we got to do some fun hiking and some cool trails. Uh, there's a there's a place called the Ho National Rainforest, and so we went there, and at one point, we're on the trail, walking, enjoying the beautiful scenery, and um, one of my kids lost all of his motivation to continue hiking. And it really wasn't that long of a hike. <laughs> and I'm like, man, we're in this beautiful place. It was like really inconvenient. And, and but uh, he just, he would go no further. <laughs> so if you parent of a young kids, maybe you know what that feeling is like. So uh, he, uh, no motivation. It's not, he, he didn't lack the ability. He lacked the motivation. So he just throws his hands, throws his face on his hands. And, um, uh, oh yeah, so yeah, Aaron actually captured it. So I, I paused on the trail for a little pep talk and I'm like, all right, we'll just take a few minutes to, you know, to refuel the motivation that's needed here. And um, so it worked. And eventually, it, you know, we, we got through that. We, we figured out how to move forward. and We continued the hike. And uh, I'm showing you this picture because when it comes to the journey of starting a new church, there are times in the past two years where... The person I identify most with in this picture is Dawson, <laughs> and there have been times when I've just thrown my face in my hands, and maybe I may or may not be lacking the ability, but I may be really lacking in motivation. Um, plenty of times, I've gotten real discouraged, and uh, it, actually, at one point, when we were looking for a place to gather when we first got here in this summer, it was like this summer two years ago. I'm like, where are we going to gather? It was, of course, it was 2020. I didn't know where we could rent, where we could gather. It seemed like it had to be outdoors. And I was very stressed out about it. There may be a lot of other people that could have made the decision more quickly than I, but I was very stressed out because I was really I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to get it right, to get that decision right. Where's, where are we going to meet? And then a, a dozen other decisions that seemed so high impact. And that can be overwhelming. I can feel a lot of pressure from that. There's other times along the journey where uh, maybe it's less related to the church as an organization, but I feel like there's challenges at home that I don't see a solution for. I don't know how to fix this. I don't, know how, I don't know how to move forward, or at the very least, I don't have any motivation to move forward. And so the stress of decisions and challenges that are hard to overcome, sometimes the stress does convert into discouragement. So I don't know about you. I don't know if, I don't know if you ever stress about things. I don't know if you ever overanalyze any of your decisions I'm very, I'm very used to that. but So one of the, one of the most blessed truths that I've come to, or to believe in the process of this journey is that only God gives the growth. Only God gives the growth. He's, he's actually the mastermind behind my life. He's the mastermind behind the church. So when it comes to my, my personal life and challenges that I can't figure out, my own character, Um, things in me that need growth, or when it comes to something that's more complex. You know, this, a church, like a whole organization full of people and moving parts and different interpersonal relationships. Whether it's me or the church, God is the one who's doing the growth in me. He's the one doing the growth in our church. And nothing is too hard for him. There is no unsolvable challenge for God. There is no hurdle that's too big that he can't overcome. I find a lot of encouragement from this verse, Psalm 127.1. It says, Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchmen stay alert in vain. This means that no matter how hard I'm working at something, no matter how hard you're working at something, it's only going to come together if God is the one behind it, putting it together. This church started from nothing. You know, it takes a lot of effort to start something out of nothing, but it's been growing. It's amazing to see it grow. It's been growing in number, which is exciting, but it's also been growing in depth. Because a lot of you have been experiencing growth in depth and life change. And the one behind all of that, every inch of growth, has been because of God. He's the one doing it. In fact, when Jesus was talking to Peter, he told him, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Jesus did not tell Peter, hey, Peter, you will build your own church. (laughs) Jesus takes full responsibility for it. He's using Peter, but he takes responsibility. He says, it's my church. I will be the one to build it. So Valley Lights were a part of the church that Jesus is building and has been building. It's not my church, and I don't have the power to grow it. So, I can't at any point in the process deceive myself that I'm the one that's generating the life change in in anybody. So, praise God for that. Um, There are things that are too hard for me, there are not things that are too hard for Him. So, towards the end of this service, uh, one of the exciting things is we've prepared a a highlight reel, a video showing the growth starting from the very beginning through now. And it's really encouraging, it's very exciting. We're actually going to have our elementary class, come back in at the, end, at the very end of service for that. Um, they'll be in here for the, that video and the last two worship songs that we do. So they can join us for that. Um, so prepare yourself, I guess, parents. <laughs> um, but, you know, the other thing, so God is the one doing all the growth. That's good. That's really encouraging to know that he's doing it all. But amazingly, it doesn't end there. God uses people who make themselves available. Amazing that he bothers <laughs> to use us. It, see, it seemed to me like we would just get in the way. But no, he uses people that make themselves available. God grows it, but he uses regular old people like you and me. This is talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 9 through 9. Uh, Paul's writing, he's talking about church growth, and he says, I planted, he's using a metaphor for planting and gardening. He says, I planted Apollos, another co labor he he watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. We're working together. And each will receive his own reward according to his own labor, which is exciting because not only does God use us, but he rewards us when we do get involved. He says, for we are God's co-workers, you are God's field, God's building. God is building us up together. And I'm really excited that God uses people like us to build something amazing like this. If you've been a part of this for any amount of time, maybe you've experienced a lot of refreshment, maybe you've grown, maybe you've been encouraged and God is building something amazing. So these verses that we just looked at in 1 Corinthians, they they allude to teaming and co-workers. I don't know if you like your coworkers or not. <laughs> Depending on your job, you may or may not. But the coworkers that we haven't got are actually really good. It's, it's, you know, we're working together. And many have been supporting Valley Lights behind the scenes, like way behind the scenes, like you've never even seen them here before. And so you might be encouraged to know that Valley Lights has been held up and supported by uh, not only individuals, but a lot of other churches, whole churches have been supporting us. And so I just want to show you a quick video. That uh, it, it's actually going to show you a few of the pastors that represent some of the churches that have been supporting us for the past two years. So, check this out.
1: Hey Valley Lights, hey Valley Lights Church, hey Valley Lights, hey Valley Lights. My name is Josh De La Rosa. I'm the senior pastor of Orange Crest Community Church. This is David Worcester from Compass Church in San Diego. Hi, I'm Randy Lanther from Church in the Valley. My name is Christian Williams. I'm the lead pastor of the Grove Church in Gladstone, Missouri. My name is Ben. I'm the senior pastor here at Seabreeze Church in Huntington Beach. This is Gail Rosa your director of missions for the Gold Coast Baptist Association. Can't wait to see all the ways that God continues to use your community. And we consider it a great privilege to be able to partner with you in the starting of Valley Lights. I want to commend you for all the hard work that you put in just to get the church off the ground this year as paul said in first corinthians 15 58 your labor in the lord is not in vain what you do will impact eternity we are behind you we are so grateful to get the team with you and we want you to know that we're behind you it's been so exciting to watch god's work through valley lights over this past year so we're so excited for all of you who god has brought into the congregation And it's been exciting to see how God has provided people, resources, opportunities, events, and how people are going to learn more about Jesus Christ and how to walk with him. So we're excited for you, for what God has in store for your future, praying for you, and look forward to interacting with you, Lord willing, in the years ahead.
0: That's pretty encouraging, right? There's some people behind us. That actually just represents a small fraction Of some of the supporters that have been teaming with Valley Lights since the very beginning. Um, Some of these churches and just individual normal people also have sent money, people have sent other people to help us out to either be a part of the church or to help out at key times. Um, They've sent prayer to God, they've sent other resources, and they've been sending encouragement too. Actually I've got a newsletter that I send out about every month that I have you know for the past couple of years and letting people know updates about what's been happening, how we've been growing, and people respond with encouragement and prayer, and it's really exciting to have this sense of teamwork that's going on. At one point in the beginning, within the first few months, uh, we were trying to figure out the finances, which is a complicated, you know, maybe stressful part of starting something brand new and um, trying to figure out how we're gonna project things towards survival in the beginning, and at one point I was gathered with the launch team for a meeting, and uh, I got a call, just a random call from Virginia. West Virginia. I'm like, what? what? This is random. So I picked it up, and it was a pastor of a church that had gotten our information, heard about us, and he had been praying for a church on the West Coast to support. And so he said, I'm going to send you guys, our church is going to send you $1,000 a month for the next two years. And I was like, that's amazing. Just God totally surprised, provided what we needed. Things came unexpectedly at times. It has showed the many ways that people have moved resources and really moved their hearts towards this has shown that God's in it and that God is building this. So uh, there's actually a partner's banquet tonight. Some of those guys on the screen that you saw are actually going to be in here tonight. I'm hosting a banquet to thank the many people that have been investing in us. And so there's some people driving from different cities in uh, Southern California to be a part of that. So I'm looking forward to express our gratitude. So that's, a, that's maybe a high-level view of some of our partners. But beyond that, still some other people have made an exceptionally deep sacrifice to see this church happen. And I wanted to take a few minutes in our service today to highlight some of the people that have done that. And the Bible actually encourages us to honor those who sacrifice. We do honor those who sacrifice Um, And when we look in Philippians, uh, it was written by Paul, and he was really grateful for a man named Epaphroditus um, because he went really great lengths lengths to serve Paul when he was in need. Paul was, uh, uh, he needed some things, he was in prison. And uh, Epaphroditus sacrificed quite a lot for the sake of the gospel and for Paul's sake. And so Paul writes about him, he says, uh, when he's talking about the place where Epaphroditus came from, he says, hey, therefore welcome him, in the Lord with great joy and hold people like him in honor because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. So here's a guy that sacrificed a great deal. And Paul says, Hold guys like this in honor because of their sacrifice. And so I do want to point out some people who have made an unusual, just kind of even sort of strange, mind bogglingly deep sacrifice. And that is our launch team. And so there's some folks that made a two-year commitment to help this church get off the ground. And once again, we're bringing this up today because this month, their commitment has been fulfilled. <laughs> Which is kind of a scary thought. But uh, we want to acknowledge what the launch team has done because they, the, the, our launch team for Valley Lights has accomplished what they have set out to do. So here's a photo. of This is the very our first photo as a team. This was... Um, early spring of 2020. This is from this is my old house in Riverside. And the kids look a little bit younger in there. You may know some of those people. Actually, the Rogers have a new one since then. Um, but you, you, maybe you've met some of these people. Uh, maybe you've been helped or encouraged, or you've gotten to be in groups with some of these people. And they're going to come up in just a few minutes. But I wanted to let you know about the commitment that they made. So uh, I said they made a two-year commitment. What does that involve? Okay, here's, here's, here's what the list is. They made a commitment first to move to Santa Clarita. So that's a big hurdle on its own. Uh, people were living in uh, either apartments or houses or some, one family had to sell a house to move and uh, totally uprooted their lives from where they were to move here, big, that's the first thing. Then they committed to spend two evenings a week to make, to, uh, to make that available for evangelism and ministry and outreach, um, plus their weekends. So two nights a week, Saturdays and Sundays for two years. Uh, they committed to practicing our heart attitudes. Those are the core values, the seven values of our church. We studied those earlier this spring. Um, they committed to tithing 10% of their income to Valley Lights from day one Since so the very beginning. Um, they committed to having a willingness to serve in any way necessary and it with a glad heart. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of like the blank check commitment, too. It's just like anything necessary, and there have been quite a few things that have been necessary. Um, they committed to having a quiet time, uh, spend time with God personally through Bible reading and prayer at least five out of seven days a week, um, and they committed to arranging their vacations around the success of the ministry, which means anytime they wanted to go out of town or they wanted to miss a Sunday, they, they cleared it with me first to check, hey, is this a good Sunday? Will this disrupt anything? That is planned for the church. Is it going to hurt the church in any way if we leave during this time? And so they've, they've done all of that. And so they committed to all of these things for two whole years. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's amazing that anyone would agree to that. <laughs> That's a really steep commitment. They're not on staff. They're not getting paid. They have not gotten paid for this. Um, this launch team, they went through a rigorous interview process When it was first made available at Orange Crest Community Church, our sending church, that you could be a part of a launch team, uh, people would consider it, apply, and then be interviewed. And not everyone who applied was admitted to the team. But we finally got the team established. We got everybody confirmed. We got that, you know, we got together. You know, you saw that photo in my front yard. We got the team figured out. And then COVID hit. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like everyone made all that agreement, that commitment. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to move our lives. We're going cha- to change everything about our lives. And then COVID hit. Like the biggest monkey wrench that no one was expecting. And the question, of course, is, are they still coming? <laughs> are, they, are we still doing this? Is this still going to happen? And not a single person backed out. Nobody, nobody said, no, it's not for me. Everyone pressed forward. So all those folks on our launch team and their kids, here's the secret about them. They're just regular people. They're just normal, regular people just like you. They, what they did, though, is they just made a really unusual commitment. Just normal people that made a really, really high commitment. And uh, it's kind of funny. Huh? So when I, when I first became lead pastor of Valley Lights, it was June 1st of 2020 and we were still we were trying to get here but it was really hard to find housing that took a long time so i was and it was COVID. it was just a weird time so i'm sitting in my house and i i suddenly become a lead pastor and at seven in the morning i think it was a tuesday i can't even remember what day it was seven in the morning i hear a knock at the door and albert shows up my first church member and um he he has uh some coffee that he bought from a local roaster and uh breakfast burritos and he said hey good morning pastor I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> it just totally, he just showed up on day one uh, with, a, with an attitude of teaming and loyalty and eagerness to do the mission that God had just put us all together for. And that actually, he's maintained that attitude. Actually, the whole team has maintained that level of eagerness and loyalty the whole way through. And so you can actually thank Albert for the inspiration for breakfast burritos today. So that, that's what we're celebrating with those again. So what I did is I wanted you to hear a little bit from them. I asked each member of the launch team to share one thing that they have learned in the past two years. And that's really hard because, man, it's been a lot. There's been a lot of learning, and it's hard to even boil it down. I tried to like have them say it in like 30 seconds each. Um, but I'm gonna show you a video, and um, each, their name shows up, and then a statement about the key thing that they learned, and um, just maybe you, know, you might notice some themes or some things might actually resonate with you. So take a listen to this.
2: And in that, I think he has taught me a lot about just growing me, growing my patience, growing my uh, commitment to him to serve how God, uh, through his word and through prayer and then through encouragement from other people, uh, many of you even here in this room, to keep to keep us going, to keep me on track, uh, has helped me really see that this is something that is a joy to be able
0: In the past two years i've had to really take on the perspective and recognize that we really need to be entirely dependent on god Um, one of the ways i've really seen him kind of
1: shift my my approach and my attitude towards this is there'll be some weeks that are just really hard Um, it's you're really tired you might be uh, battling discouragement or you just
0: had a a rough day i have thoughts of i don't want to do this or this is the last thing i want to do even though these are people that we're investing in in relationships that are really uh, enjoyable to be around. And so I really have to shift my perspective to recognize that it's through Christ that I can do these things, and my dependence is entirely reliant on Him. By asking God to help give me strength and perseverance to help lead a group of people that were investing in our church well, um, that I
1: really got to see my dependence on God. I know that the biggest perspective I saw change is uh, what it costs to be a part of God's work. I knew it was gonna cost a lot to be a part of uh, seeing Valley Lights Church start, Uh, but now that I've seen Uh, what it cost, it was so worth it. It was worth all the money and the effort and the work, and it really challenges me to be a part of more things God's doing in the future. It's worth paying the price. The
2: biggest thing that has changed since we've moved here is I'm much more aware of the people around me and um, the opportunities that God might bring to those people um, as I engage in conversation and spiritual conversation. um, I've met people at the the playgrounds while my kids are playing, um, at mom's groups that I've been a part of, um, even just an Instagram friend that I haven't connected with in a long time that recently moved back to Santa Florida. The Lord has used a lot of those conversations to bring people to church and um, it's been so encouraging and I hope to continue to do that as I still engage in life um, with people.
3: Some ways that God has really uh, challenged me and grown me in the last few years, Um, one is just in my faith in general. Um, There's so many ways in being on the launch team that you're asked to just step out in faith when you really can't see around the corner. When I very first felt like God was even asking me to consider being on the launch team, um, I really had to lower my pride because I did not feel worthy. Um, And he really worked me in that and saying it is not about you it is not about your uh, skills but you need to rely on me and it is me who works through you Um, so being worthy of even being called to do something like this um, was one way he grew me and also bringing me um, to different volunteer teams on a launch team uh, you wear a lot of different hats so I've done different things that I didn't feel uh worthy of doing, um, but he really asked me to just lower my pride um, for his glory in those moments.
2: past two years, I feel like my perspective on hardship has changed. Um, Before we moved here, if I had a hardship, a lot of times I would feel defeated and kind of just to succumb to the circumstances. Um, But after we moved here, we had quite a few hardships. Our kids were sick often, Um, we had job changes, we had to move a few times, and all of that brought in a lot of opportunity for us to choose to do God's way. And so when these hardships came up, um, we would stop and pray, and be willing to adjust and change the plans and keep moving forward with God's mission.
1: Years haven't uh, been the easiest for me, leaving um, something that has been consistent in a job, in security and having the same house. And it was really hard for me to give those things up, but in doing so and moving here, my relationship with God has grown and allowed me to see uh, even more my dependence I need for Him and how he will take care of uh, us. In our first year here, we were able to find a house and then got a 60 day notice and had to move again and we didn't know where we were gonna go. And yet God provided even being able to see him come through in that just really uh, made me see even more that he's in front of us and he's gonna protect us and he has a plan and that I just need to keep leaning into him and knowing that he is in control.
0: So it's fun to hear from everybody and maybe if you haven't even met everyone that's on the launch team that kind of gives you a little uh, idea of who 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 it all is. But you can see some of the themes in the video is that it hasn't been perfectly easy. Everyone has all of those people have left things behind. It's kind of like to move here and to start this it was one really big sacrifice. But then like an ongoing daily sacrifice to every time you remember something or you feel the, the loss of where you lived or being close to someone or um, a friend that was down the street or things like that, just kind of an ongoing sacrifice. So as I mentioned, the launch team, they're regular people that God has used in an exceptional way because they made themselves available. They just said, all right, I'll do that. I will, I'll sacrifice. I'll give up things to be a part of this. So every person, and here's the encouraging thing, is every person in this room right now is equally capable of making commitments and sacrifices for God's kingdom. You know, when the launch team was first made aware of the opportunity to be a part of the project, they were just sitting in church, just like you are now. (laughs) And they were in a moment of considering, wow, maybe God's, tugging at my heart to be, to make my life about something more than just myself and my own kingdom. So what I wanna do is uh, I wanna take a minute, I wanna invite the launch team to the stage. If you guys stand kind of over in this area right here, you guys can come on up. (laughs) Thanks guys. That way you can see them in real life. They're real people. (laughs) So we've got Barry and Holly Rogers. They've got two kids, Mitchell and Marie, been teaming together, John and Jackie, and then Albert and Suzanne are married as well. So Sweet, thanks, thank you guys. Woo.
3: Thank you.
0: All right, so I wanted to bring you up here to tell you, you know, it's been two years, you made a commitment and you have fulfilled it well. You've done a really good job. And, um, so the thing about their commitment is they made first a commitment to God. I think everyone could tell you how they knew that God was wanting them to do this, as either a scripture or a conversation or an experience where God was saying, oh, "I want you to do this." And so their commitment first was to God. Then they made a commitment to me to be to follow me, to uh, let me be the leader of them and I'm not even, I'm not even old, the oldest one on the team. I'm, I'm pretty young, actually, and, and these guys, especially guys that are older than me, have decided that they would let me lead them. And so they made a commitment to me, and then the third place that their commitment was directed was to uh, Pastor Josh at Orange Crest Community Church, our sending church. So I do want to, I want to invite up Pastor Josh. Um, you can actually come on up now. So this is, uh, and his whole family is here, in fact... Um, you can come on I'm going to have a microphone for you in a second. That's, that's great right there. So um, he's been my, he was my pastor for 13 years while I was at OCC. And uh, the, actually, the electric guitar player is his son, um, Gabe. And uh, Gabe, when I was, I was the youth pastor at OCC, and Gabe was in there. My first year as youth pastor was, was Gabe's first year in the youth group, so we got we got to spend a lot of time together. And that's that's so it was really fun playing, um, but Josh trained me, and that's why that's why it, it took 13 years. It took a long time. <laughs> I needed a lot of training. He's been my aunt. So you know, even now that we've been here, he's been my ongoing mentor. He's been uh, a spiritual father for me. If you think back to that picture with me and Dawson, and Dawson's like this. There's been a lot of times when I've had my, my hands on my face, and Josh has been there to encourage me, give me the pep talks I've needed to pray for me, help me get out of, of trouble. And um, there hasn't been a week that Josh hasn't been highly invested in our success. So it's really an honor to have you here. I am really grateful. Um, so I, I wanted to invite them up and Josh up because Like I said, partly they made a commitment to OCC um, and to Josh. It's kind of like a a dual commitment. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity to to share some encouragement to the launch team.
1: Great. Yeah. It's great to be here with all of you. Uh, Many of you I've never met. Seen a few photos. And so it's it's fun to finally get here and and be a part of a service with you. And just in person, it's really a treat. And so uh, even before your church launch, uh, our family. This is my wife Erica, right here, <laughs> and uh, all my kids: Grace, Gavin, Gabe behind, and uh, we, as a family, have been really invested in uh, these families for a number of years, and really in the hopes that out of our church would birth another church, and maybe, Lord willing, another church through the years. We would just see more of this happen, and so we really celebrate uh, this uh, two-year anniversary, and it's it is a joy. Uh, we're, we're sort of in a season of launching right now as, as a family. Uh, in September, my son is launching out to college. And so, as he's moving, the big question is, what's gonna happen to him, you know? And I don't know if you've launched your children, but this is our first time launching one <laughs> of our three. And that's a question, what's gonna happen to him? And, and of all that we've prepared him for, What will stick with my son? We'll find out in about a year, two years. And it's the same question I think I had when we launched out a church. Like we've invested our lives into people as a church, not just me, but many of us in our church. What will happen? And uh, of all of the training and of all of the time that uh, we as a family and our church family has poured into people, uh, when we launch out this church to move away to an unknown city where they haven't lived before, what will stick? that uh, really is the same question what's what will have stuck and so I think at two years in it's safe to say you made it you know <laughs> you know a two year old uh, they they're they're well on their feet at that point, right still working through things we call it the terrible twos, right uh, the, from what I hear, you're not going through the terrible twos, and so as a church, you're not going through that. And uh, there's growth going on; God is at work. But you've you've made it, and I say that to all of you because uh, you you are you represent, and there's more that aren't here as well. But you represent something very very important that can go on for generations long after our lifetime. And so, the stats about new churches is that. It used to be that they would say new churches would start and only uh, 20% of them after a few years would still be around. So 80% of new churches would fail. Uh, And I think there has been uh, improvement in that stats, in that stat probably because less churches are being planted these days. And so there's more energy focus, support, attention given to those churches that do start. So there's a higher success rate of churches these days that are getting started. But something I think that is really unique to our approach to church planting is that we want to plant with highly committed and trained teams of people, launch teams. And so this is sort of a unique approach in church planting. When we started our church 15 years ago, you know our story, we had uh, seven adults that moved with us to Riverside to start a church. We're 15 years old as a church. And so you knew our history, you'd seen sort of the pictures, and then now you are that picture in my mind, of a launch team. And I wanted to encourage you.
0: Can I pause you real quick? Yeah. There's a high commitment person that's not here. Erin, could you come out up here too? <laughs> my wife has been a part of the team too. Thank you.
1: Yes.
3: Come here.
0: I was feeling like this awkward gap right here. <laughs> so it's my fault for not clarifying. I didn't want you up here. So she's a part of the team, very much a part of the team too.
1: Yeah, and, and really for me and Erica, it's a joy because uh, this was one of the first couples that we met when we planted our church. Uh, we stayed up into the late hours of the evening playing board games, getting to know this couple. Long before they had children and when our kids were uh, little. We'd bring Pack and Plays to their house and we'd play board games and we'd tell them about the vision of our church that we hope would be a multiplying church and that would carry values Transformative values uh, and ripple out and reach people, and so uh, this young couple, which I still see as young in my mind, <laughs> uh, really through you know 13 years of being with us, little almost almost 13 years, God was doing something and preparing them, and then God was raising up people to come alongside them, and so this team, this launch team, really represents uh, a, a deep investment of many people. And so we, my wife and I, we represent, you know, our church and, and uh, some of you were connected to us, some of you were connected to others that, that uh, were in our church family, but you took a bold step and I just really want to commend you. Uh, there's a passage that that we highlighted two years ago that night when that when we took that picture. I think I was actually the one that snapped the picture if I remember. Which is hard. <laughs> I was like wow they're leaving in that photo but it's Mark 10, uh, verse 28 through 30. I don't know if it's, oh, there it is. And it says, Jesus said, well, Jesus re- is replying to something here. There's a story where there's a very rich man who's eager to follow Jesus, sort of like a fan would follow someone. And he starts following Jesus. And But this guy, his heart was wrapped around his, his success and his money. And Jesus drew a line and said, if you want to follow me, then sell all your possessions, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. And it's because this, those possessions, that was the idol of this man. And Jesus drew a line in the sand cut right to the guy's heart. And the guy turned away and walked away sad. Probably his shoulders were sort of slumped down as he walked away, He wasn't really willing to give up his idol of his success and his money. And Peter, I bet the guy's still walking away. And Peter says, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. Cause this guy, this rich man just turned away. He wasn't willing to follow Jesus. Peter says, we've left everything to follow you. And this is what Jesus says to him. Jesus makes a bold promise. For those that do that, that will leave everything to follow Jesus to take the steps of faith in life. Jesus says, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or child, children or fields in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I added that (laughs) for my sake and for the sake of the gospel. There's no one who's done all that who will not receive a hundred times more. Now at this time, there's something that God uh, pours into our life, pours back into our life when we sacrifice houses, brothers, sisters, mother, children, and fields with persecutions. I mean, there's even gonna be some suffering that God will somehow turn to joy and eternal life in the age to come. So God makes this, Jesus makes this bold promise that when you leave things behind that are precious to you, your comfort, your community, your hometown, the town that you felt comfortable in, where you knew where the donut, the burrito shops, the coffee shops, the hangout spots were. um, When you leave all that and you step out in faith, Jesus says, hey, there's no one who's left all those things who hasn't experienced more blessing on the other side of it. But you don't get to experience that until you take that bold step forward. And so, and you did that in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, you've been really faithful. So I wanted to commend you. You have fulfilled uh, your commitment to, to our church. And uh, I remember reading that passage, and, and maybe right now you've experienced some of this promise already. Maybe you're actually beginning to see the ways that God has, as you've left precious people and resources and comforts behind, maybe now you're, Beginning to see some of the ways that God has actually filled in those holes, made up for for the sacrifice, and begun to uh, to, to sort of rebuild those 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 pieces. Uh, but I want to encourage you: uh, keep moving towards the kingdom, keep moving in faith, because you're you're uh, God is going to continue to just to test your life of faith. I want to can you know really challenge you to keep walking forward faith and the way that you have done this. Uh, what Erica and I have now experienced after 15 years of living in Riverside, eight years before that we were in Diamond Bar uh, where we had experienced the comforts of a healthy church family and the comforts of a home and friends and then we sacrificed all that to start a new church. But what we've experienced is just like this passage is that we've experienced much 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 more back in return already. Much more back. It's, it's, it's just amazing to see the ways that God has multiplied his blessings in our lives and return through that sacrifice. And what's amazing about this experience for all of you is that uh, your faith and your growth uh, really has developed many more times than it would have if you had stayed with us in Riverside. Mm -hmm. You are not the same people that you (laughs) were when you left. Every single one of you God has stretched and grown and challenged. And, And you wouldn't have experienced that type of growth if you stayed in the comforts of of your house, all of your comfortable relationships. Uh, God has, has uh, grown you by leaps and bounds. And it is a joy to see that and to know that and to have heard the stories and to watch God work. And, uh, and really, I think the best is yet to come. You're still, you still have, Lord willing, many years of serving him and decades of serving him. Ahead of you, you get to see this. But then there's even this eternal component, eternal life in the age to come. The best is truly yet to come. But God loves to see us walking by faith and I I just, I wanna commend each one of you, Launch Team, for your faith, your sacrifice, your steady commitment, and and then also for the way you supported this couple. Uh, We needed a strong team to come around, this couple, um, to help protect the culture of, of what we wanted to see planted Valley Lights Church, and you were the uh, the, the templates that others could, could sort of say, okay, what does it look like to walk with Jesus and to live out these values, and, and you were looking at them as a couple to set the, the pace and the example as leaders, but then you've been able to sort of mirror a uh, picture of what it looks like to trust God and walk with him, and so I just personally wanted to thank you for being such a strong and faithful support, and so um, praise the Lord. For his work in and through you and well done you have been you've been faithful each one of you
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> well i don't want to take a minute you guys can stand down in a second but um would you mind just praying for the team as in the next transition
1: yeah let's pray father thank you for uh, this launch team thank you for each member of the team uh, thank you for uh, what you have been doing what you were doing lord to prepare them to respond to you a couple years ago to step out in faith and to trust you, and to leave everything behind, and to follow you, Lord Jesus. And thank you for the, the deep dependency that uh, this has created in them. Thank you for the, uh, the, the sorting choices that have come along the last two years, as they've had to sort and wrestle through this commitment that they made. Thank you, Lord, that you have been faithful to each one of them. You've protected and cared for each one of them and their families. Thank you for your blessing. Uh, thank you for uh, the sacrifice that they pour out for you. And I do pray, Father, that each of them would experience this uh, here and now, response as you pour back into our lives in ways that are unexpected. And Lord, give them the faith to endure as they look forward to the eternal hope that we have mm-hmm. to see you and to be with you. And so Lord, we 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 give thanks for this group and, and thank you for the ways that they have they have supported uh, what you have desired
0: to see happen out here in this community. We lift up to you God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) This is, it's exciting. I'm I'm really glad that you are all here to experience this. This is, I mean, we won't have a lot of church services like this one. This is sort of different. But I am glad that you're here for this. Um, And it's really, really special to have Josh here as well. So I got another question for him. Um, I might just stick with the first question. I had two, but I might just stick with the first based on time. But um, we've been talking about sacrifice and this team has really made a big sacrifice. Um, The other group that I want to honor in terms of sacrifice is Orange Crest Community Church. And uh, so I wanted to ask you, what, what was the impact on OCC when we left? on you know when you sent out a church what was the impact
1: yeah the impact i think was uh, overall i'd say we needed to plant a church i mean we we really desired to plant a church from early on and getting the first uh, church planted was a challenge uh, because our people had never really seen that before and so uh, i like pickles my mentor always said that getting your first church planted is like getting the first pickle out of the jar. It's sort of hard to get the first pickle out of the jar. Once you get the first pickle out, then, then they move around and it's a lot easier to get the next one in and pick out of there. And so, you, you were the first pickle out of the jar.
0: <laughs> and
1: uh, it was hard to get the first one started. But because of the success of planting this church and that it's a healthy church, uh, now that has uh, made room for other churches. I believe to get planted out of our church and so for, for us. I think the uh, the impact and the encouragement to us is uh, Your group now that has linked arms you've gone shoulder to shoulder uh, The first group that starts the church together and the first the people that God brings around the first few years uh, What that does is that it reinforces the culture it sets the priorities It sort of communicates what's normal around here and for those of you that are first in and have decided, hey, this is my church, and we're gonna help build this up. Um, You're setting an example that now others in our church can follow after. We can send teams out here and say, hey, look at what has happened at Valley Lights Church. It's a healthy church. Uh, In just two years, uh, look at what God has done. And so I would just encourage you in in that way. And it's been, for us, it's given us a picture of something we can now um, model after what has happened here. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, praise God. Um, I was just going to say there's, there's no way to measure all that you guys have, well, all that you and your family have done for me and all that OCC has done for our church. So um, we are really grateful and I'm really excited to be here that we are, do appear to be healthy. I like hearing you say that we're healthy because that's <laughs> some good affirmation there. But um, I just want to thank you. Uh, and we could just, I uh, just want to thank Josh and OCC. Thank you. Right, as we turn a corner, and now we're beginning our third year as a church. So this starts year three, and the work is not done. There's more to do. We don't get to just all like go home and just check out now. <laughs> There's more to do. And I would imagine that maybe one question that might be on your mind is, well, what's next for the launch team? Where, where are they going? What are they going to do? I don't, I think I know. I don't totally know the answer to that question yet. There's a, uh, a scene from Lord of the Rings. You guys know I sometimes like to show Lord of the Rings clips, but I'm just going to tell you about this one. So at the end of the final battle, Aragorn, he's king, and he had recruited that dead army of green ghost guys. And uh, they, had, they had to serve him in their dead state because they had an oath. And so when they finished fighting, they said, release us. And so Aragorn says, I hold your oath fulfilled Now go and be at peace. And then they vanish. Do you guys remember that part? (laughs) I'm hoping that the launch team doesn't breathe a sigh of relief and then vanish into the distance. I'm actually hoping um, some of them stick around or all of them. Actually, uh, I do know that many of the launch team members have already re-signed leases for their current places for the next year. Um, And what, what I'm doing right now, the next step is I'm having final debrief dinners with each uh, each launch team member, or the couple, Aaron and I, are together, and so we're using that time to reflect, think back over the past two years. How have you grown? How has God really come through for you? And what's next for you? What, what do you envision for your involvement at church moving forward? And so we're having those conversations because now that the commitment is up, there's no obligation. Nobody has to stay here. Nobody has to clear their vacations with me anymore. Um, their uh, involvement here is going to be totally voluntary. I do know a couple of them are going on vacation next week, so if they're not here, don't freak out yet. <laughs> you might not see everybody next week. But, so you'll, you'll learn more about that. Um, we're, we are for sure gonna continue on, but here, here's some encouragement. Many of you have joined the work. It is no longer dependent on the launch team. So many of you have, you've joined our kids ministry, you've joined our worship team, you've hosted events at your houses, or you just had people over for dinner. Um, You've put the heart attitudes into practice if you've been a part of studying those in the spring. Uh, Many of you have joined small groups and you've been able to encourage one another and deepen friendships. You've maybe been to a holiday party or a 4th of July parade together. A lot of you, many, many of you have contributed financially and you've been putting your resources towards this. And a lot of you have stuck through different changes in our location. We've moved. We've had to move around, and some of you, you go with us, and we may move to a place that's actually further away from your house, but you still come, and you, we've been moving, and many people have moved their own houses, and you've been, a part, you've been there. You've showed up to move heavy stuff in the hot sun, and um, there's other ways that you've invited people to church or to church events, so th- that's, just, that's just a big assortment of ways that you have joined the team, and you've been a part of the work. You've been a part of making Valley Lights healthy. And your involvement here, for many, it has been sacrificial. Maybe you get up earlier than you prefer to, or you stay up later than you prefer to, or you use your time in a way that maybe you'd rather spend it on your comforts. But what you've been doing, your investment, the sacrificial investment that you've made, has be, made a difference. It's been worth it. So you all, and, and others who are not here currently, you're a part of the team that's going to take this church into the future. And when you watch that video, one of the things Jackie said, she, was, she said she didn't feel worthy at the very beginning. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you think, Nah, I, I could never do that. I, I, my, here, here's my level of investment. This is all I can do. Well, last week, with the message that we looked at, we were in Philippians, and Paul, Paul says this, As citizens of heaven, if you are a follower of Christ, and your eternal destination is heaven with God forever, Live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. He's like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy for this. This command is actually repeated multiple times in the New Testament. Live your life worthy of the gospel. Which means God must think we're capable of obeying this command. So, like I said, the Launch Team members, originally they were sitting in chairs like normal people like you, considering whether they would sacrifice for the kingdom. And as we move forward, we're going to provide ways for people like you to make a deep commitment, a sacrificial investment, even as early as next month. Um, None of us were meant to sit comfortably and just be consumers only. Just come, eat this stuff, and go. God designed us very intentionally. He designed you very intentionally. It says in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship. We're carefully crafted. He says, we were created in Christ Jesus... For good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. If you're a follower of Christ, God expects you to jump into the game. There's things that he's planned for you to do long before you even existed. That's really cool. So what might God do through you if you get in the game, if you do start to make sacrifices? Maybe you'll play a key role in strengthening our church over the next year. Or maybe you'll help us plant a new church in the future. Now that would be exciting. Because we're, we're actually a fourth generation church plant. As Josh mentioned, he was at a church before he planted. And the pastor of that church was at a church before he planted. So we're actually four generations deep. So our great grandparent church was started in the 70s. It's still going strong. And I'm praying that we can send out the fifth generation church plant. That would be really cool. Maybe in the future, you'll go on a team. You'll be, maybe you'd be a launch team member. Or maybe, maybe you don't go on a team, but maybe you stay here, and you become a part of the sending base. You say, I'm gonna stay here, I'm gonna, make, I'm gonna keep Valley Lights really strong so that we can send out. Maybe that would be your role. Or maybe, now this, this is a big, big maybe, God may call some of you men out to be pastors. Maybe God would call you to be a lead pastor. When I first joined OCC, Josh said we were real young, had no kids. Um, I had very little ambition for my life. <laughs> I had very little clarity in life direction. Uh, when I first met Josh, I told him that I had graduated from a small Bible college in San Demas. Because um, I did, I got my degree there. And, but I told him, I was like, I graduated, I got my bachelor's. I don't actually know what I'm going to do for a career. I just know I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> that was in 2007. And I really meant it. I really, because of my experiences, I didn't see anything that I wanted to become. I didn't want to be a part of that. And Josh at that time, I think he said, I don't, into himself, I don't know if you're going to be a good fit here. <laughs> I didn't probably give the greatest impression of myself at that time. And I had no idea where God would take me. No idea. Praise God that He is the one. That God is the one that gives the growth. God may grow you in ways that you can't even see yet. That would be amazing. So here's some next steps you might consider, and we're going to wrap up. Uh, one next step might be to decide to follow Jesus for the first time. Maybe it's a little unclear about exactly what that means, or maybe you know what it means to follow Jesus to. to Yield your entire life to him. Let him be the boss of every slice of your life. And you've been holding off and you've been reluctant to do that. But maybe what we've been talking about today really is inspiring to you and you know there is eternity to consider. There are decisions we can make right now that will impact the rest of eternity in a profound way. Following Jesus is the biggest one. Another next step you might take, if you already follow Christ, maybe you would pray this week and ask God, help me to make a deeper sacrifice For the sake of the gospel. What would sacrifice look like for you? What would it mean to really give some things up? Maybe you begin praying about that. Maybe God will show you. Uh, One other thing to consider, Barry had mentioned earlier in the service, we're going to do a membership class next month. Membership is all about commitment. It's about saying, I'm going to invest at this church, and I'm going to begin moving the mission forward at a sacrificial level. It's really committing to be a part of the group. Uh, you might consider being a part of that membership class. You can let us know on your connection card if you want to investigate that more. And then another next step, maybe invest in relationships at Valley Lights. A big, big, big part of what we're trying to do is to build a strong biblical community that honors God, where people can come to know Christ and be really refreshed by their relationships in Christ. So if you were to spend more time with people, inviting people over, inviting people to come Just giving up some time, spending time with people from church, that would actually help us in a big way with the mission. Then one more next step you might take is to pray for our outreach this fall. Um, We've got some plans. I'd like to maybe host a movie night, an outdoor movie night, as a community outreach. Um, We have some other plans for the fall that we'll be doing, some big efforts that will probably require some of your time and investment. Um, You can begin praying for us as we plan some ways to really reach out on the mission that God has given us. So in just a minute, I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing a worship song together. Uh, This song is called I Will Follow, and uh, when we get there, you can stand and sing. And it's going to be um, a song. If if you're feeling inspired by this, it's actually a really great song for you to declare, even as you're worshiping. Declare to God your willingness to follow him and to yield your life to him. You can do that during this next song. Um, As I said, the elementary class will be coming in. They'll, uh, They'll sit with you parents. Um, And then they'll get to see uh, the the video. There's going to be a video showing the highlights from our past two years. So I'm really excited to include some of the kids for that. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for all that you've done and uh, that you're the one growing us and you're the one growing the church. And you care even about the little details of our lives, the things that we think we can't overcome, things that stress us out. You're present with us and you've commanded us to strongly and courageously keep moving forward. And so would you continue to give our church growth and health? um, Allow us to accomplish the mission that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.